0: Welcome to the show. Great to be with you, Paul George. In studio with Deacon Adam Cock. What's up?
1: Well, it's a big day. You know, uh, we're recording this on Holy Thursday. It'll air locally on radio and uh, on the published on the podcast on Good Friday. That's right. And so I, uh, yeah, it was a little mix. Like, what kind of music do you choose for Good Friday? And I.
0: But I wanted it, it a little, a little calmer. But we're also recording on Holy Thursday, so That's right. our mood is a little bit kind of up. It'll go down tomorrow. It's and true. It, if you fast from the radio or podcast on Good Friday, then it wouldn't make sense, right? You know.
1: Yeah, yeah. If you're if you're getting this during the Easter season, we don't want to be too somber. But it's Holy Week. It is. But you bring up a good point. I Never thought about that. Kind of the uh,
0: emotional roller coaster of these days. You know, I, you know, I can tend to be more of you know, maybe melancholic a little bit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, more than me, I would introverted, say. more than you. Mm-hmm. And so, I definitely feel the emotional roller coaster of Holy Week. I don't necessarily like it. Mm-hmm. I need, I need to like enter into it. But I think I had probably like more high and more low than probably you are. Where you're probably, you know, I'm just like, man, it's Friday. Like I'm kind of depressed. Like I'm, it's just like, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Holy Thursday, I'm like, let's smoke a brisket. Yeah. The Last Supper, like, you know, the institution of the Eucharist. Like, there's crazy stuff. And then Jesus gets handed over, and it's it's horrible. Yeah. Things go downhill. Like, you end Holy Thursday night, like, washing of the feet, like, oh, this is amazing and beautiful. And then it's like, oh, he's going to die. And then you just, like, go to bed depressed.
1: Paul, you're enlightening me right now. I haven't thought about these kinds of things before. You, you know, this is great.
0: Wake up just solemn like someone invited me this week not thinking about it like friday because everybody's got off of work like hey let's go like fishing and go out to the camp for a day and just have like a, a day away and then i was just like it's it's good friday i don't think i should do that right and i know most people were like what well, i mean you know like you're not like and i'm just like I, I don't know like i think it's like the one day of the year where i shouldn't like i should just kind of like chill yeah you know? Oh, yeah, definitely. And like absorb the moment, it, like carry the weight of like the grief. Mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe I do that too much. I'm not, you know, like last episode, we talked about like hair shirts and, and, and stuff <laughs> like that. Like, I'm not doing that, but th- there is something that is, it's more than a Sabbath, right? Like, what we say, like a Sunday, like it's Sabbath, like to not work, to kind of rest, be with your family. You know, certainly like you can, you know, mow the grass and, you know, whatever, like fish, enjoy, leisure, you know, like all those things are like available, like just don't work. Right. Like, mm-hmm. like the Sabbath, like was created for us to like rejuvenate. Right. Mm-hmm. I think good Friday's like next level of that, of like, eh, you might just want to like, like go to the stations of the cross and just like, like just literally, you know, just be in the moment, but that's really hard for us right now. Yeah. Like think about it. Like, what, how are we good at just being in the moment? Because we're constantly thinking, I just want to get out of this moment. I don't want to feel the moment. Well, I think you're hitting
1: something on the head about Good Friday, which is it should be a day of grief. Like, we should grieve once a year.
0: We if, don't, and we don't it, like to grieve.
1: We don't. We want to move on to the next thing. We want to fill it with. But, you know, you need to grieve, and we all need to grieve. We need to grieve for our That'd sins. would be a good band name. We all need to grieve. <laughs> Well, you could take we all out just say, need to grieve. Need to grieve. (laughs) You're right. That sounds really
0: good. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I stole that from something.
1: But it's kind of like, you know, I mean, obviously we know the end of the story. We know that our Lord rises from the tomb pretty soon. I mean, it's not like we're going to wait around wondering what's going to happen. But at the same time, it's the one day of the year that we allow ourselves to experience the grief associated with the death of the son of God and the suffering he had to endure. So why not embrace that reality? Because there's a reason we grieve that grieving gives way to joy, which in the resurrection, Um, the same reason we grieve our loved ones when they die. There's a reason we have a process. You know, everybody wants to skip the funeral. We don't even call it a funeral anymore. We just say we're celebrating people's lives Y'all, there's a reason we grieve the loss of our loved ones, because it does give way to the joy of knowing them forever in heaven. And if we can face the reality of death, that allows us to experience the reality of resurrection. And it's the one day of year
0: that we should do this on Good Friday. One day out of 365, right? And they're like, oh, the church is asking way too much of us, Mm -hmm. you know. But we fast and abstain on Good Friday. It's a solemn day, like the the biggest solemn day, right? Mm-hmm. The greatest of solemn because we call it a grief. And look, uh, I'll say this on air. like I don't like it going on record. like like I'm not like, hey, it's Good Friday. like I can't wait to grieve like I,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? Like yeah. n- there's nothing enjoyable about it. like, but I think to to really condition ourselves to be in the moment of Good Friday is important for us to absorb the reality of what happened to Jesus on the cross, right? Mm-hmm. And a priest said this week, and I thought, you know it was a very short homily uh, and maybe it was it was Palm Sunday, so it was past Sunday like as we were approaching Holy Week, very short homily because <clears throat> the readings are long and I mean it just like he said a couple lines and like just boom, and it was a little uncomfortable in a good way. And he said, basically this, if you've never, uh, if you've never cried or had tears over the passion of the Lord, it's because you've never really prayed with it mm. and the reality of it. Mm-hmm. And it really was like, mm, you, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Right? Like you, you haven't let yourself sit in it mm-hmm. and the reality of what happened. And yeah, I mean... So Holy Week is sort of like this roller coaster ride, yeah. you know. Holy Thursday, it's like ah, the Last Supper, the Seder meal, you know. Let's let's feast before Easter, you know. Washing of the feet, and then it's a Good Friday. It's like boom, it's like a bomb went off, and and you just like it's like the world has stopped, right? But yeah. that's the way it felt when Jesus died on the cross. Is like the world got dark, literally.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and you, like I said, you're kind of enlightening me here because I haven't considered the emotional moments back to back. So, for example, at the Last Supper, we're given the greatest gift God ever gave us, the Eucharist, mm. his son, in a sacramental stable way, the Eucharist. And then the very next day, just hours later, the greatest act of ingratitude of humanity to God took place. We killed that son. Right, right. handed him over. And and murdered him. And murdered him. And so it is this as a Christian, this this the the joy of receiving Christ into our life at the Last Supper, receiving the Eucharist, receiving this connection to God, Emmanuel God with us, is then gives way to the to the horror and the grieving of what we did to him and what we do to him by our sins. And that's the thing. It's not just about the past, it's about the present. And I would encourage you know, I would encourage all of us to not just think about ourselves in this situation, the sense of what we need spiritually, like it's our journey, but think of the whole church and think of, like you talk about the need to reflect on the passion, pray for the passion. Think about your kids. Think about your siblings, your cousins, your um, friends that maybe haven't been to church in a while, and what a powerful moment it is for all these people. And so the power of these liturgies to invite people to and to experience them with, and to talk about with your kids in particular, like, well, what were you thinking when we were at Good Friday, when you, when we saw the Passion plate? Like, tell me what was on your mind and in your heart. Because these are moments that literally change our lives because they change the world. It's the same moment that Christ changed the world by the death on his cross. We enter that moment on Good Friday. Um, so, you know, talk about these things.
0: Yep. Speaking of emotional roller coasters... It's pretty much how you can sum up our show.
1: Oh, it is. It's an emotional... You <laughs> would just
0: take right turns, left turns, hard <laughs> rights, 90-degree rights, you know. <laughs> so, uh, do you have a have you seen?
1: What did you say? That is so interesting.
0: Oh for real, though? I'm pretty
1: sure you haven't seen this because you would have brought it up to me, I think. Okay. Um, As something to be concerned about. But <laughs> this is out of the uh, the eastern part of the world oh. where researchers have developed a robotic artificial intelligence system. Okay. Okay. I know that's a mouthful. AI. An AI system that incorporates like software and hardware all together. So robotics? Robotics, but like with, with an intelligence. To care for embryos to grow in an artificial womb. And this is surreal. Like if you look at the pictures of what they're trying to do, it's crazy. But basically robots growing humans... But in an artificial intelligence kind of way, like seeing what the baby needs and then tending to it as it, you know, gestationally develops from just one cell to the nine-month-old ready-to-go baby. This, this is a goal they have. This is horrifying. Yes, I told you this is
0: – it was a little somber this morning with <laughs> <Have you> seen scene. <laughs> um, well, and this is weird because, uh, you know, I've, I've actually had people probably over the past year a couple of times be like, man, you've been – need to watch out for AI, mm-hmm. AI, artificial intelligence. And I'm, and I'm like, what? And then when you read about some of the artificial intelligence out there, it's not like, hey, Adam, do you think there's aliens? You know, and it's like <laughs> this debate, right? Or there UFOs, mm-hmm. you know? Artificial intelligence is like there's, there's actual, you know, like, you know, technology where, like, people are doing crazy stuff with artificial yeah. intelligence. I mean,
1: y'all, we made movies about this, like, has anyone ever seen The Terminator? In the
0: 80s, 90s,
1: we made movies about this. We know how this is going to end. One of the most chilling things about this article... Like
0: the robots just start, like, fighting the humans? Right.
1: Yeah. Well, here's one of the most chilling things about the article. According to the researchers, the system they developed allowed babies to be nurtured more effectively than in a natural womb. There's no way. I mean, but how do they? Even the thought that y- that is true. Yeah, but how do they even chilling. aggregate
0: that da- data? Like, there's no way to ask the baby if they're more nurtured, right? Right. <laughs> and there's nothing more human, right, and more natural than a mother nurturing the child in their womb. Like, the mother does nothing but be herself. Mm-hmm. So, like, if they're saying that artificial intelligence is greater than what God created, yes. Right, that's, that's exactly what they're saying. Then, then that's you know like that. That's where how artificial intelligence falls off the deep end. Yeah, because they create this mindset that AI is greater than God. Well, that's where they're at, right? That's
1: where they're at. I mean, this is literally the beginning of a movie like that. Now, exactly if I had a downstairs. robot,
0: like at what point would you say, okay, I'll get a robot? Like, if I had a robot that would like give me a back massage each night <laughs> as I sat in my lazy boy chair and watched Netflix, like what? Like, what's your you know, cooked me dinner. You know, I don't know. Dinner would be nice. <laughs> right. Like, we're already at the point where, like, people, you know, order dinner on mm-hmm. an app and it's delivered. Like, people have stopped cooking in their houses. Mm-hmm. You know, even stopped eating around the table. I think the people that are going to survive, like, like the human condition, like, are the ones that are going to be most human in the way they live. Yeah. Because they're like we're created to be mentally happy and stable and have purpose in human relationships, right? Cooking together, eating together, sitting around table together, like and you know yada yada yada, and, and the, those people who are going to go off to the peripheral and just like do AI like as life, or they're just going to like not be able to be human and and they're mentally going to fall apart.
1: Well, how can any human not see that something's missing? I mean, if you look at this picture of their rendering of what they're going to accomplish, you see literally a baby with tubes all attached to it, like like it's the matrix, just growing for nine months. And how can anyone look at that and say, well, there's something missing here. Like the connection with your mom that you form for nine months, that becomes the basis of your entire development as a child,
0: isn't happening. You know, like, and so... Well, and that's the thing about society. And look, I'm making a blank, blanket statement here, but if you've... Do any like psychological research on like, you know, people who have trauma, people who who weren't nurtured in Mm -hmm. a family by a mother or father or both, tend to, right, be emotionally disconnected from society and and become you know do crimes that, you know what I'm saying like like begin to kind of because they're emotionally detached and like to be a criminal to, to murder do things like when you read about interviews of like people in prison and things like that there's a lot of connection to the lack of stability in the family maybe they were abused themselves or crime themselves no father no mother no both yada 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 and then like think about a society that is just completely detached from that what it does to the human mind
1: i don't want to think about that society that sounds crazy now i will say this the article does mention one function of this that may be noble, which is they're saying if babies are born extremely prematurely, this could be a way, same system, to connect them to the system Mm -hmm. and allow them um, more development that's much better than what's offered now in the sense of uh, long-term health problems and stuff that could be mitigated by this kind of care. So There is a
0: positive to that because, I mean, you know, in the moral – law of like if a baby's naturally conceived right mm-hmm. and needs medical attention then, right then that's offered like that's that's a good thing
1: yeah that sounds like a good thing so <laughs> i just couldn't believe it when i saw it. i was like this is what humans are thinking
0: see you've taken me already already off course on this emotional roller coaster
1: <laughs> well and to tie it into today and these days um you know, God could have saved us this, this way. He could have saved us in like a lab in heaven without coming down to earth. But his his plan for our salvation was literally to become one of us, to be in a womb, for example, of mm-hmm. one of us, to experience those connections, even with a father, you know, like he, St. Joseph, his, his earthly father, his true father, he heard St. Joseph's voice from the womb. He, you know, heard him laugh. St. Joseph talked to him in the womb. Like all those connections that need to be made in the womb our Lord humbled himself to become one of us and made those connections. And he could have stayed very sterile and safe up in heaven, but he entered into this world where he knew coming that we would kill him, but he chose to do it anyway and for, for our salvation. And so I think uh, there's a choice we all need to make, like you said, to be human. And this is this is part of the gospel, is that we follow the Lord in his humanity to be most human. We're not running from our humanity. We're not trying to build a better world that doesn't have our flaws or doesn't have our imperfections, but we're following the Lord Jesus into a true humanity when he comes again, right. freed from sin, freed from flaws, but not running from them, but embracing them.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm sure like if, if like the secular world, you know, pumped out our show, we would be canceled for saying this <laughs> in the sense is that God is family. Like he lives in a family, you know, mm-hmm. father, son, and spirit, you know, let us make man in our image like he is family and and jesus came into the world into a family okay like like the nurturing of a mother and a father was a part of jesus human formation okay mm-hmm. right yeah. like there was you know and the the greatest of society and the greatest of life is in the context of family it thrives within that love relationship of a mother and father and children. Right. And we certainly know that we live in this sinful world and there, and there's brokenness to that, you know, like families break up and mom and dad's divorce, and, you you know, all these things like, and, and so like we're constantly in repair of that. Right. And, and that repair is difficult. And then you can spin off into like all these, all these like sort of, you know, Types of families that, mm-hmm. but it's not like the family that God really desires us to re- to grow in and to like to be a part of, you know.
1: Yeah, well, and I think you're right, Paul. That if we're gonna if we are gonna rediscover our own humanity and actually think it's a good thing, it's gonna have to start with the family because even even if it started with just me and just you, and I think that's where our society is right now. It's so me focused, so individual focused. That the idea is you can you are whoever you want to be you are whoever you think you are and it's our job to support you in living your life. But I don't know who I am except from my family, right? Like I I don't know my who I am except from my story that includes my parents, my grandparents, my my country, my church, my you know my family, my people. And so this is why Saint John Paul II just talked about the family so much is. As important for this new evangelization, for this new thriving of the church. we ha- If the world is going to rediscover what it means to be human, it's going to be rediscovering the family. And right now the family's falling apart as much as this project to grow humans with a robot. Hmm. That's where families are now. Um, so let's rediscover the family. Family's a good thing.
0: Yeah. Of course. <laughs> but I can't imagine, like, having a robotic family. Wouldn't that out. be easier, though? <laughs> Yeah, um, robot mom, robot dad. Yeah, just or, totally detached. Mm-hmm. Right. It'd be easier, less less problems. That's when we start having wars with robots. Exactly. That's crazy.
1: Exactly. And that's that's literally the plot of the movie, is that these robots think they could do it better than we can. And that's what these researchers think. Robots are better than humans. It's, not it's starting, Paul. Hun- give it 100 years, and
0: Arnold Schwarzenegger's going to be showing up. 100 years. Mm-hmm. I'll be dead. I'm doing the math right now. I'm pretty sure I'll be dead. But your grandkids... Ooh, good luck to them. (laughs) Sorry I'm gone. (laughs) All right. This is a good time to take a break. (laughs) We'll be right back. Healthcare that works better and costs less? Seems like an oxymoron, right? Take a minute and check out our sponsor, Solidarity HealthShare. Members say that faith-based health sharing is a much better fit than insurance. All while costing less. Prices start at $384 a month for families. Call now to see how much you can save. 844-387-8533. That's 844-387-8533. Welcome back to the show. Great to be with you. Thanks for listening in today on the radio, T. Radio here in Acadiana, where it's broadcast on the radio or on the podcast, wherever you are, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, whatever. 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 Artificial intelligence.
1: (laughs) Yeah, if you're listening through your robot right now. You're pumping the show on.
0: We do appreciate it. (laughs) Happy Holy Week, everyone. Yeah, happy Holy Week. Easter Triduum. We were having lunch last week, and I came Mm -hmm. uh, across an idea. Uh, They (laughs) were talking about one of the friends at lunch had his first grandbaby. Mm -hmm. And he hadn't come up really totally with his grandpa name. And then it started this conversation about, like, what's your grandpa name going to be?
1: Which is a big deal in South Louisiana. I don't know if it is in other places. This is a big deal in South I
0: guess area. it is. And, I, you know, I'm closer than you are on this conversation. Yeah. yeah. My oldest daughter's getting married next year, yada, yada. So, I mean, I'm thinking, you know, a couple of years down the road possibly of, yeah. of that. So, I've been having this idea of a name, and then the conversation around the table kind of happened, and that kind of changed, like, maybe what I'm going to do. Wow. Yeah. That's something. Yeah. So, here's my suggestion Okay. of, like, what I'm thinking is – Okay, I'm going to have a suggestion to my daughter on what their first son's name should be. Mm -hmm. Okay? Mm -hmm. And if they don't choose that name, I'm going to take that name for myself as my grandfather name. Is
1: it a way of kind of taking the name you wish you had? Yeah, maybe so. Exactly. And that's why you're into it? I don't
0: have anything against my name, but I have other names I like. Right. Right?
1: It's kind of reinventing yourself.
0: Right. It's like you might like the car you drive, but you like other cars.
1: Yeah. So it's nothing
0: against the car. Like it's nothing against my name, but it's like, oh, I like this name too. You should name your son, and if they don't, I'm just going to take that name. (laughs) Like Lawrence. Or like Sam. Mm -hmm. Samuel. I like that name. It's a good name. Samuel. Yeah. (laughs) So that will be my
1: grandfather name. Pappy Sam. Yeah. Nice. Go for it, man.
0: Yeah. So I appreciate people who think out why they do something, even if it's just completely strange. Yeah. But when you ask them and they're like, I have no idea why I did that. I don't appreciate that. <laughs> do you tell them that? I really don't appreciate I it. I don't think about what you do before you do it. <laughs> and if it's completely off the wall and you thought about it, all props to you. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I don't appreciate that. I don't appreciate You it. need to think more about yeah. your life. So we're on Holy Thursday. It's totally. a big deal. Big deal. All right, give us a sort of like a timeline, a countdown of what happens on Holy Thursday, because you're the deacon, you're in the liturgy, <laughs> the deacon. Yeah. You know, this this is like a big day. It's like a, oh, it's yeah. a, it's a, you know, some people say it's like the second highest, you know, sort of like feast, you know, outside of Easter is like the the institution of the Eucharist, everything that happens on Holy Thursday, and that's, that's sort of a little bit debatable, but some people say it. You know, yeah,
1: I mean the. Resurrection is certainly the climax of these days. It's the end. It's the goal. And the Easter Vigil is certainly the greatest thing we, like, liturgical act of worship we have in the church. It's the greatest way we worship God. It's the Super Bowl of what we do. The highest. The highest. And because of that, we we give God our best that night. That's why we baptize people that night, because there's nothing better we can do on earth um, than save people, bring them into the church, into salvation. That's a good idea. And in return, because the, the two goals of liturgy is the worship of God and the sanctification of people. Hmm. Okay, that's, that's, that's why we do liturgy, to worship God.
0: That's why we do life. And to sanctify
1: people, yes. And liturgy is that icon of our whole life, right? And so, um, anyway, Easter Vigil, <clears throat> we do the best of both. We do the best mass which is the worship of God right like the best so this, is, this is the
0: apex mm-hmm. you know Easter and you know I'm so, sorry if you ever had an EKG it's like you, you see like the up and down the up and down the I think I down. have okay yeah. anyway a heartbeat you know mm-hmm. boom 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 yeah, I've boom, seen boom. That. okay yeah. Th- this is Holy Week like in my mm-hmm. mind I'm I see an EKG like didn't up and down holy Thursday is like this up tick you know Good Friday's like this like flat line mm-hmm. you're like you just die dude like you, you just flat line, mm-hmm. right? And then Easter is, like, this huge uptick. Well, like Holy your Holy Saturday, could be a down. Your heart's beating again. It's like, mm-hmm. boom, all right, well, he's alive. Okay, so you're following, like, my, yeah. my imagery in my head. Like, I know I'm a little nuts, but...
1: No, that's, that makes but,
0: sense. But there is this, like, huge uptick on Holy Thursday. Like, we really enter into this, like, miracle that happened. Well, and
1: remember that um, Holy Thursday and the Last Supper happened in the context of the apostles, the disciples... And the friends of Jesus, because those that were there Good Friday, nobody lived in Jerusalem, by the way. Like, Jesus didn't live in Jerusalem. The Blessed Virgin Mary didn't live in Jerusalem. The apostles did not live in Jerusalem.
0: They journeyed.
1: They were there on pilgrimage for the Feast of Passover. They journeyed up to Jerusalem. And this, this whole experience, this whole salvation event, takes place within the context of a pilgrimage to Jerusalem for this Feast of Passover. And Thursday... This uh, Last Supper takes place within that context. And when you're on pilgrimage as, as a Jew, and even as Christians, we do this too, but in the Passover meal, it's a family meal. So it's not, it's not a, uh, let's say, public liturgy in the sense of it's not something that happened in the temple led by the
0: priests or led by the Levites. Right, Jesus is like, hey, go talk to this guy. He's got a house prepared for us to have our meal together. Right, right, and so him and the apostles, and a few other friends. You know, we don't know exactly, but we know the twelve were there, right? Right, including Judas, have their seder meal, their Passover meal together. Exactly, right, and it was here, uh, Jesus did some really significant things. One on the human level, he he does he, the washing of the feet, mm-hmm. where he institutes a real vision for the disciples, the apostles on how they are to love and serve people. You yeah. know, so so this happens at the Holy Thursday liturgy, even two thousand years later. But in this real human level, he teaches us and tells us how we should serve and love.
1: Absolutely. And right. and the model of, of Christian charity. But but what's intimate about and this is this is I think important when we think about the Mass and our experience of it, particularly tonight, so it's Holy Thursday. So if you go to Mass of the Lord's Supper but any Mass you go to, there's such an intimacy to what Jesus is doing, because when you celebrate a Passover meal with people, a Seder meal, it's literally a family liturgy such that there's parts for the family. The dad says this, the mom says this, the kids say this, the kids talk to the dad. So if you're going to celebrate with people that aren't your family, what you're basically saying is, will you be my family tonight? Will you be my family for this ritual? Will you stand in for my family? Hmm that's what the apostles were doing with the lord so saint john the evangelist for example would have had to say father why is this night different than any other night hmm. you know he would be the kid in the family and it was at that exact kind of ritual that jesus gave us the eucharist he makes us family he makes us one with him um
0: so it's here but on holy thursday the disciples did not know this was going to happen they were right Sitting for their regular Passover tradition, right? So that was the Jewish Passover meal, the Seder meal, was something they were used to, right? You know, right. Annually, like they knew this in their faith, like how important this meal was. But it's at this meal that Jesus turns turns the the whole like old covenant into the new covenant, exactly. Like where he he institutes the Eucharist, right? That we celebrate today, not just a a cel- a, a, a a redoing of the Seder meal at Mass, like that's not what we're doing. Like it's the new covenant where Jesus has given us and instituted the Eucharist. He does this at this meal, so you got to under like the 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 apostles' minds are are sort of blown and mm-hmm. trying to figure out what's going on. Like it's not like oh we get it. They they were still trying to process what happened. Then Judas like betrays Jesus, and then they're like confused about that, probably not knowing fully like what judas just did and then that night he goes into the the garden and and suffers and has handed over so like so much is going on right Mm -hmm. like so much is is happening which in the midst of this because our show i have i do i have it today a weird catholic stuff (laughs) what Paul, oh, you're kidding me I'm not, I'm not
1: Even during Holy Week?
0: This week, all is week so
1: weird Yep Why are you so weird?
0: Just damn Weird, Catholics. stop! Okay, of all weeks, I mean, I had to find something Nice And I know it's a busy week for you, so you couldn't uncover it But, okay, so <laughs> here, like, in the Seder Mail Like, the, no. I don't know if, you, if anyone's listening, if you've ever, like been to a seder meal where where you you know you you reenact the Jewish Passover meal, okay?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And at mass, at mass, like you, we have a little bit of it, the tradition of you know the liturgy in the Eucharist or whatever the case may be. But the actual seder meal is like a two-hour thing, mm-hmm. like meal. It could be even longer. Like it's a it's a whole family event. Yeah. Right. So the weird Catholic stuff is like there there are weird things that happen at the Seder meal. Oh yeah? <laughs> yeah. Did you know? Okay. Okay, a few of those things. Like in the in the Seder meal or in the Passover mm-hmm. tradition. Okay. Mm-hmm. The first one is that you should clean your entire house with a feather.
1: I had no idea. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. Traditionally, people are supposed to rid their houses of bread and anything else remotely tasty by brushing everything with a feather. Okay? I, I didn't
1: know anything about this feather. Yeah,
0: yeah. It was a lovely tradition. It's actually uh, biggest waste of time you've ever seen, it says. It took Moses 40 years in the desert wandering to find the promised land, and it's going to take us another 40 years to clean our house. <laughs> it's called a chametz. A chametz. Yeah.
1: Wow, okay
0: I, And I think maybe it does kind of uh, immolate Like this is going to take forever So mm-hmm. it's this idea of like getting in the mindset Of like 40 years in the desert Like it's going to take me forever to clean my house like, Oh, harder it, than it needs to be Yeah. Or it's a journey
1: Yeah, because yeah, I mean the, <clears throat> the journey to the promised land Should have taken just a couple months But it took 40 years It was a lot harder than it needed to be
0: Yeah Okay I'll buy it. All yeah. right. Well, I'm picking up some feathers on the way. Yeah, along. don't do it. But it it is true. Uh, the other one is is uh you know I don't know if you've heard of matza. Oh yeah. Okay, so matza is like this unleavened cracker, mm-hmm. right? So like unleavened bread, like the Eucharist, the host is unleavened bread, like this is all connected to the Jewish Passover. So why we don't eat like a big like leavened loaf, you know, like mm-hmm. Jesus used specifically unleavened. But matza is that is that cracker. So. Um, you purposely break the world's most crumbly substance into more crumbs, basically, in the matzah. So you you take these these matzah crackers and, you know, shred them.
1: <laughs> yeah, we, we uh, that's one of the weird things we do is, <laughs> so I guess when my kid was old enough, first was old enough, we started making these matzah bread for around Holy Thursday is just a way to remember, you know? But it's so easy to make because it's not leavened, and you know, so you don't have to wait for it to rise. It's just flour and water and some oil, basically. Yeah. So my kids just got into making it in general because it's good. It's like a little cracker. So year round, they'll make matzah, <laughs> like it's a normal thing. <laughs> yeah. And that. So if you come in my house at any point, you may get. like— It doesn't
0: taste good, by the way. Well, it, I mean, it's just it's just like a cracker. It's a cracker. So, so it's just so put some salt on it. Yeah. So,
1: yeah. We it's, usually dip it in something like if it's not.
0: Right, and the Passover meal you dip it, but uh right. you know the <laughs> weird thing is you ever done uh Passover meal is is the um, it's called uh, uh what's it called? Um, jet uh j- fish gelfish, like have you ever heard of this? So fish? You, you eat it's a meatloaf made of fish that comes in a jar filled with its own gelatin juices. I did not know about that. Yeah. And you It's part of, like, the Passover, Jewish Passover meal. Yeah. So fish in those days, obviously, they ate a lot, right? Like, Mm -hmm. but they had to dry them out so that if you gelatin the fish, like, it'll stay longer. And so this was part of the meal. It's like this. So, but it comes in like a, looks sort of like a meatloaf, which is horrible (laughs) looking with gelatin over it. And it's a fish. I can't do it. I'm sure it could be good. That's something I I can't do. Not going to do that part. I'm not. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, well. Thankfully, you're not Jewish, so you don't have to to do this. Some
0: weird stuff, man. You beat yes. your family with leeks. Did you know this? I didn't know anything about beating your family yeah. with leeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: What What does that mean? Uh, leeks, like the vegetable.
0: Yeah, it's sort of just tradition. You sing a song. It's and it's sort of like you know, like this. Yeah, it's a tradition. Like, you you don't really beat people, but you kind of, like, hit people with it, and you sing a song. (laughs) It's sort of this Passover, like, uh, tradition.
1: Well, and, like, the people—okay, so God's people, once they were freed from Egypt, they then complained to Moses about, like, oh, we had all kind of things back in Egypt, like cucumbers and leeks, I guess. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if it represents that. It does. Okay. Yeah. Wow, I didn't know you are supposed to hit people with it.
0: Yeah, did you know— uh, you pour a cup of wine from, for somebody who's actually not at your Seder meal. I did know that. Yeah. That last cup. Yeah. Elijah, the prophet, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if he's supposed to come down and drink it if a miracle happened. I think but.
1: that's where the uh, the practice came from in the early 90s. I don't know if you remember this, but like certain rap groups would pour a 40 for their homies on the ground. Right. I think that's where they got it from.
0: Yeah. It's weird stuff, man. <laughs> but it's cool because it's, it's, you know, what I love about, Celebrating the Passover meal, the Seder meal. And you could do this in your home. Like you could actually mm. do like a Seder meal in your home. and um, But it's not like, hey, we just made up some crazy stuff. Like this goes back thousands yeah. and thousands of years ago. How cool is that, right? Yeah. And then, so Jesus and the, the apostles were having this Passover meal. That's right. And, and then Jesus like turns the tables on it all and institutes the Eucharist, the new covenant that will be with us forever mm-hmm. in the Eucharist.
1: I guess he was hitting the apostles with leaks. I don't know. Like, Peter, come here. Whack. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that fourth cup, you know, if you read the Gospels, so he really did institute the new Passover meal, which is the Eucharist, which is Mass, in the context of the old Passover meal to, to show that connection but he d- they didn't drink that fourth cup. So normally you put out that fourth cup for Elijah or whatever, and, and there's a conclusion to it. But after the third cup, which was the Eucharist, the one he used for the Eucharist, mm-hmm. um, they left. They went out and, to the Mount of Olives and sang hymns and had the agony of the garden, all that kind of stuff. And it wasn't until on the cross that he drank wine again. And he told them at the, at the Last Supper, I will not drink again with you until the kingdom of God is fulfilled. Hmm. And then and on the cross he said... I thirst, Drank a little bit of wine mixed with vinegar, the myrrh, and then said, it is finished.
0: Yeah, and many theologians point to that like as like the fourth cup, right? Like the, mm-hmm. the yeah, the fourth cup, the, the meal is over, like the, you know, and he dies. Like, so the Lamb of God, is, you know, it's all like really theologically kind of crazy and connected because, you know, at the Seder meal, you eat lamb. Mm-hmm. Right? Lamb that was sacrificed. Yeah. Lamb that was sacrificed. And so but Jesus refers to himself as the Lamb of God, right? Mm-hmm. And then and then the lamb was sacrificed on the cross. And then he drinks the cup, right? And then like so the 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 meal, like the, the like it's just all kind of crazily theologically like intertwined with this traditional Passover meal to like it's actually becoming real and human in
1: Jesus. Yes. And the Eucharist makes the most sense, if you could think of it in that way, because why would Jesus give us his body and blood to eat to participate in the cross? The cross really doesn't do anything for us unless we can somehow participate in it, unless we can somehow put ourselves in the event of the cross. Because Christ did not die for himself. He did not die to save himself. He died to save us. But it's not in a violent way. It's not way like... I don't have anything to do with that. I have to actually willingly enter into the cross to receive salvation. And if we can read John chapter 6 about the Eucharist in light of that, it makes total sense for him to say, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life within you. Because you had to eat the lamb that you were sacrificing to participate in the Passover. And in any sacrifice in the Jewish Worship system. You had to partake of the sacrifice, mm-hmm. whether it was bread and wine or whatever else. And so, to partake of the sacrifice of the cross, to let it happen to me, to, to benefit from it, I have to eat of the lamb. I have to participate in that way. And that is what the Eucharist is. It's the way for us to find eternal life because we're participating in the salvation one for us on the cross. And without it, there's no way to participate. It's just something that happened 2,000 years ago. That doesn't touch me. Right. But the Eucharist makes that mystery so close that I can actually touch it and receive it and participate in it.
0: Yeah, I mean, if Catholics worldwide, you know, if the majority of Catholics really believed in the Eucharist, things would change completely. Right? Oh, yeah. Statistically, like, a lot of Catholics go to Mass, uh, but don't necessarily believe or even know, Right. Mm-hmm. The teachings of the Eucharist and and whatnot, like it, it's crazy, you know. Like it's beautiful, right? Uh, when if you look at the whole life of Jesus, you see you
1: see the beauty of it because Jesus begins his life as an embryo in the womb of the Virgin Mary, very small, unable to speak, but yet God and moving the universe and saving us. He grows up. He starts to speak. He speaks. Um, Well, first of all, he was placed in a manger at Bethlehem. We eat from a manger, right? Bethlehem is house of bread, so there's a lot of Eucharistic imagery there. But he begins to speak. When he's 12, he starts teaching the elders, and they're blown away. And then we skip to when he starts his public ministry, and he's teaching a lot, right? He's doing his works, he's teaching, and then he starts to get smaller again. So he started very small as an embryo and got bigger and started speaking, and then became, you know, he starts his public ministry and starts to get smaller and quieter. So... He enters the cross, he can only say seven words. And he says, It is finished. And then he dies, raises from the dead, and now he's small again in the Eucharist. It's like, like he was in the womb of the Virgin Mary, and he says nothing except through the Spirit. Hmm. He doesn't speak except through the Spirit, just like he was in the womb. And it's it's a beautiful way to see the presence of God in our life is that he wants to be his final word to say to us is the Eucharist. He said seven words on the cross. But then with the uh, road to Emmaus that we're reading in a, in a couple of weeks, he leaves his presence in the Eucharist for us. and Like, that's his final word to say, mm-hmm. you know? This gift, this gift of the Eucharist is his presence among us until he comes again. And it's beautiful. And we learn so much from the Eucharist, just like we always learn everything from Jesus. But this is, this is how he wants to teach us now, is through the Eucharist.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's a sign, you know, of... Of who he is, but it's not just a sign, like it is his true presence, right? So, you know, he institutes this at the Last Supper, and here we are thousands of years later, right? Mm -hmm. And we experience a mini Easter at every Mass. This is why on Good Friday, for those of you who, who maybe have never known or thought about it, it's the only time of year, the only day of the year that we don't have Mass around the world, because we are grieving, Mm-hmm. And we're in solemn. And the Eucharist is a sign of resurrection. It's a sign of hope. It's a sign of life, right? Like the risen Christ is in the Eucharist, fully present, right? And so on Good Friday, like and no Eucharist, none, like just death, like just, and just sitting in the tomb. And, and like, that's the thing is like, just lay in the tomb with Jesus on Friday and feel the pain because guess what? On Easter Sunday, the resurrection, Boom. Right, and then mm. at every mass, like we experience, a mini resurrection, right? Many Jesus coming to life, who is alive, who is present there, which is great. So that is great. Yeah, that's kind of cool. I, I dig the resurrection. I, I dig it. Okay, uh, let's take a break, and we'll be right back. Paying too much for health care and supporting services you don't believe in. Our sponsor, Solidarity HealthShare, has prices that are 60% less than the nation's average cost of healthcare. Join the nation's leading healthcare sharing ministry built by people of faith for people of faith, saving money through ethical and affordable healthcare. Call now to see how much you can save at 844-387-8533. That's Solidarity HealthShare, 844-387-8533. 844-387-8533. Welcome back to the show. greet to be with you. Deacon Adam Kong sitting right next to me. That's right. In the studio. So I was uh, doing a little research this week. Okay. As you know. Oh yeah. And you're you're right in a storm.
1: Is that what you're talking about? The research. Well, I am book?
0: writing, and yeah. my, the the book manuscript, like the whole thing, is due May first. So, like, I'm in in like writing world. That's soon. It's very soon. Um, <laughs> so, and then obviously because I'm such a great writer, uh, it'll take a year to to uh, edit. <laughs> nice. Yeah. The book will be with, out with next, a feather next yeah, edit with a feather. Yeah. It's a long process anyway. Uh, so I was doing research on the saints this week and it's interesting and like nothing against these folks, but on Holy week, there's sort of all these saints that no one has ever heard about. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. And I started to think about it. There's some blessed's and some these and that's right. Mm-hmm. Cool people. I'm sure. But it's almost like you don't want to have a saint. That's like in a one up Holy week. That's right. So it's just kind of like these saints that are unheard of. It's like, let's just put them during Holy Week. Well, again, Holy
1: Week moves t- dates every year, but you're right. There's a range of possibilities,
0: and we don't put our best. <laughs> like, you can't put, like, our starting know, like, St. Augustine's on, like, right. you know, Holy Thursday, because then you'd be like, whoa, what about St. Augustine? It's Holy, you know, like, you, mm-hmm. so you kind of have, you know, on, on Holy Thursday is Blessed Peter Gonzalez. Hmm. Which, look great guy he's more blessed than i am great guy but i would say like if 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 there would probably be a week in the year where they would put me holy week it would yeah it would be like holy week where it's like yeah who's that guy so paul's feast day will always be holy thursday no matter when it falls or good friday blessed caesar de bus never heard of him exactly you've never heard of him because you don't care about him I, I do no, care. you don't. You care more about Jesus on the cross. See, see it, it. you can't one-up what's happening. That's the problem. Like, that's just my... Yeah. That's just kind of like my thought there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I'm, with, I'm with
0: you. Yeah, I mean, on Saturdays, St. Bernadette. So Subaru? Subaru. St. Bernadette. Now, that's a big one, but... It's not the St. So,
1: Bernadette. Oh, it is, yeah.
0: Subaru. Mm-hmm. You know.
1: But... Uh, this is a really late Easter this year. So like St. Bernadette's normally during the Easter season. Yes. Um, so she'll get due attention, but just not
0: this year, like at all. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, how about, uh, we do a six pack of questions. Question. Holy week style. Holy week style. So question number
1: one, um, is your family going to be together during Holy week? Do you all attend these liturgies together. How does that work? Cuz you got y'all are all over the place now, so.
0: Yeah. So, a six pack if you gave up alcohol for Lent, <laughs> you could have a six pack on Easter.
1: Yeah, six pack of questions. Mhm.
0: Yeah, so it's it's the Easter ver- it's Holy Week which ends yeah. in Easter, so we're not just like stopping at Good Friday. That's right. Our family, yeah, like we got old and young and and so, you know, yeah, no we're not going to do it all together. We'll do Easter all together. Whoever's home on Thursday, you know, because some of my older kids are like, I want to go to my own Holy Thursday thing with, you know, something like that, like just might happen.
1: Wow. Okay.
0: But, yeah, I mean, like, I kind of miss the season where everyone's home, Mm -hmm. you know, but, you know, we're moving different season of life.
1: Yeah, it's good. All right. Question number two. We talked about um, this wild project to grow humans with robots, artificial intelligence out there in the orient um the orient the orient and uh i guess my question for you is if you had to choose one element of your life and you kind of hinted earlier but i want you to make a, a clear decision stop stop wavering on this if you have to choose one thing in your life to get a an intelligent robot to do for you who said i was wavering you said i just i just want confirmation here <laughs> one place in your life that you think would be acceptable for an an artily, artificially intelligent robot to be in your life.
0: Clean my house. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I would not argue. That's a good one. I just wouldn't. I love a clean house. We have a lot of people in it. Mm-hmm. You know, so we, we try really hard. And, I, you know, but just like, like a robot that's there full time that only knows just clean the house. Mm-hmm. It sounds selfish. I know. But like if you're asking, I'm not wavering. I'm giving you an answer. That is a good answer. Yeah. I'll take it. So which, by the way, on Holy Thursday, whoever's home, we usually traditionally always do the readings of Holy Thursday that night. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we read that, you know. Um, in addition, like if we go to the Holy Thursday Mass, you know, whatever. But like that's just kind of a tradition we have. Nice. And a robot that's going to clean <laughs> the house. <Apparently. laughs> now, they do have those little vacuums that just kind of roam your house. Yeah, we got one. Mm-hmm. um and I need one of those but like I I think I'd like I would go for the AI guy nice I like it
1: all right question number three um so we we reflected on these days and they are very rich but uh I would love to hear about your first each Easter visual experience that you remember because we didn't really talk about that <clears throat> liturgy too much in our conversations but like what what kind of stands out to you as something that was very Meaningful or moving to you, maybe like your first time you went to the vigil?
0: Yeah. So when we lived in Arizona, you know, around Easter, the weather's amazingly beautiful. So we did the sunrise mass mm-hmm. and it was at the sunrise mass that they did baptisms and they had at the church uh, an outdoor amphitheater hmm. for mass. So mass was outdoors and the sun would come up right at the time of mass. It was like, when you thought of resurrection and like the sun coming up right over um the grave mm-hmm. that's what it felt like and for me like that's the biggest imagery and then it was the first time as a as a young man being out there they they did um full immersion baptisms mm-hmm. and i had never seen that for adults mm-hmm. uh you know because yeah I just never had seen a full immersion. Now, they do those in churches, like they have you know full immersion, and we have one here at one at our parish but but they did it outdoors in like a a pool, yada, yada. It was just amazing. It was beautiful. outdoor sunrise. yeah,
1: awesome. I like it. All right, question number four. <clears throat> we kind of talked about uh <clears throat> the importance of family and connection. And I get this question often, and I don't know if we've ever actually talked about it this way on on this uh, show, so I want to give you the floor on it. But when somebody realizes that they're missing some kind of important connection in their life, like maybe they just didn't have a great relationship with their mom or dad growing up. or like the, In other words, they realize, oh, to be fully human or to be fully developed, I need these connections, but I don't have them. What do you do in that situation when you realize that, you didn't get the full connecting experience,
0: well, you know the beautiful thing is that God is family, and he invites us into his family as sons and daughters so our greatest gift, whether you grow up in a great family or not, is that I, the healing for all of us is is a recognition that we're God's sons and daughters we belong in his family so so that's healing for all of us I, I would say for for those who didn't grow up in like a, a real good family or a dad or mom or whatever is, is to, to find really great holy people to fill the gap on those, you know, obviously great saints, uh, uh, the holy family, but, but I think we can, we can have wonderful people who can step in and love us and teach us and mentor us in ways that we didn't. And I think we live in a society where a lot of people just stop reaching out to other people. That's not good. Mm -hmm. You know, we've become artificial in the way we live, in a sense, because of technology, instead of really being human with folks. Nice.
1: Well, related to that, question number five. So a lot of us are going to be attending these liturgies in our parish, these most holy liturgies, um, Holy Thursday Night, Good Friday, Veneration of the Cross, and then Easter Vigil or Easter Sunday. And the parish, ideally, is a place of family, right? Like, we're not just consumers that receive something at this church, but we are somehow family in God and Christ. But that's that can be challenging, you know, to actually form that family, um, even when we want to. And so maybe some, some ideas of how we can be intentional when we attend these liturgies mm-hmm. to maybe just make some step, some gesture, some kind of um, movement towards being more connected to our parish family and those that are in the pews with us.
0: So what's your question?
1: What what how could we do that? Maybe like these next few days. What could we how could we experience hmm. or participate in these liturgies in a way that like connects us with other people?
0: Yeah. You know, the Holy Thursday is a little bit more social in a sense. Good Friday the services kind of solemn. You know, we go to the outdoor stations of the cross cuz our kids can kind of You know, particularly our young, you know, can kind of see and visualize, and and it's it's outdoors. You know, I would say like really pray about like what's best for your family in your season of life, and then what you do with other families. So one year we went with a bunch of other families and did a seder meal, things like that, like within the parish. Yeah, get back involved in your parish community. You know, I'm just I need to be better at that. We
1: all do. All right, question number 6. Uh what are you looking forward to most in ending your Lenten penances? Like what's the what's the Easter moment you're looking forward to?
0: Um selfishly, mm-hmm. Um just eating a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm ha- I'm going to have milk in my coffee. Mhm. Mhm. Do you looking forward to that? I'm going to have some glasses of wine. <laughs> Glasses. I did a lot nice. of I did a lot of abstinence and fasting over Lent, so like I'm I'm ready. You're ready to get it. Yeah, yeah. I went hard. Nice. So a milky coffee. Like I deny myself a lot over Lent, and I'm not saying that like the bright like it's because I'm saying this because I usually don't, mm-hmm. and I did, and so I'm gonna do.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so Easter
0: Sunday, you're hitting. I don't it. know what's gonna happen, but <laughs> I'm not gonna worry about it. Right. <laughs> you know, like yeah. Over the course of of Lent, I've worried about it. I'm not gonna worry. Mm-hmm. awesome which you know I'm not a huge drinker or eater or anything like that but like I'm just not gonna worry mm-hmm. it's gonna it's the resurrection you know mm-hmm. so resurrect, we resurrect. <laughs> you know go at it Jesus is alive like I I think we need we honestly need to celebrate it and you, you know to end the the show on this like the, the triduum Thursday Holy Thursday Holy you know, Good Friday, Saturday, Easter is, is, is not a show Mm -hmm. like it is to help us put on the lenses of the life of Christ. So when you enter into the reality of what happens on Holy Thursday, okay. And then the reality of what happens on Good Friday, it gives you a real deep appreciation of what Easter is about. You can't really wrap your mind around Easter, Jesus rising from the grave and defeating death, if you don't understand what happens on Thursday and Friday. It all goes together, the Paschal mm-hmm. Mystery. So that's the invitation for all of us. Like, don't skip over to Easter, yay. It's, it's like, no, you'll really feel yay when you feel the heartache of Friday and the reality of Thursday. That's the beauty of it. So. Allow yourself to to be there these next few days and have a wonderful week, wonderful time with your family, a wonderful Easter. And yeah, we'll be back next week. God bless.